0: and slammed the door in our face. And so I turned around to the guy I was with. I said, let's have some fun with this guy. (laughs) So I went around to his back door and knocked on the door. (laughs)
1: Welcome back to another episode of Meet the Ministers. I'm your host, Kevin MacDonald, joined always by Alec Robison. Hey. How are you today? I- I'm doing well, thank you. So I hear there's an injury, but we haven't had any snow recently, so I'm kind of curious.
2: <laughs> well, you you had me start working with uh, kettlebells,
1: and uh, I'm going to say it was in your <laughs> sleep. I like that. I like the idea of you hurting yourself. So I uh, pulled a muscle, <laughs> and
2: so I, it hurts to turn my head now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, getting into your 30s is awful hard. <laughs> I'll survive it, though, so I appreciate it. (laughs) We are very excited to introduce Mr. Tom Wright. Tom was baptized at 11 years old in the 1960s at Jefferson Church of Christ in Iowa. Tom went into part-time ministry in Ponca City, Oklahoma, when he was in his early 40s. Tom Wright has been at Calhan for about 12 years. Tom went to Bear Valley School of Biblical Studies for his bachelor's and master's degree, and then his doctorate is in ministry from TUA. Tom has done several stateside mission trips to help small congregations. Thank you, Mr. Wright, for joining us today on our podcast. We're very excited to hear your story.
0: You're welcome. Please call me Tom. Okay. I will try my best. (laughs) Okay. So, Tom, how were you brought up? I was raised on a farm in rural Iowa back in the 1950s and 60s. And um, most of our bringing up involved uh, working morning, noon, and night because we milked cows and uh, raised crops. And uh, uh, not too many types of animals didn't work with except for horses. So we were really heavy into farming. Yeah. Do you have a lot of brothers and sisters? Uh, I have Uh, five uh, brothers and sisters. There were six of us all together. One sister and one brother are both uh, deceased. Uh, And uh, so there are four of us left. My mom just passed away two weeks ago at the age of 96. And my father passed away about 20... Uh a little over twenty-five years ago. Yeah. Sorry for your loss. Thank you.
1: So growing up in Iowa on a farm, what were some of the things you did for fun when you had time?
0: <laughs> um well mostly uh for fun the we had uh wagons that we liked to pull around uh uh just getting fruit from the orchard and taking it up and storing it. Uh, We sometimes like to go over to the uh, neighbors that lived maybe a mile and a half away. Um, Just really wasn't a whole lot of things to do for fun. Uh, Most everything was pretty much wrapped up in uh, when you grow up as a farm kid. uh, Really... Most of our fun things were joking around as we worked. Yeah, yep, yep. You never took the
2: the wagon and turned the handle around and rode it down a hill. Uh, I did that with my sister a few times.
0: I did that, but uh, not to myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we uh,
2: uh, Chelsea and I uh, used to ride that wagon. Uh, she'll remember the wagon, an old wagon my grandfather built, just to really tough steel wagon and we'd go down these really big hills and there's one time in Durango we went down this massive hill and we didn't know it but at the end of the hill was another terrace and so we jumped the wagon and sister riding behind me as I was steering the wagon it was a it was a h- interesting time <laughs>
0: yeah we didn't have mountains we just had small small yep. Yep. hills flatland yeah and so, wherever we could find a little slope, we would do things like that. Yeah, and with yeah. a sled. But, of course, Iowa's winters were very brutal back then. I mean, and from December to February, except for spring break, it wasn't unusual to get 20 below. Yeah. And so, we had to stay warm doing our chores and stay in the house. So it wasn't a whole lot of fun things <laughs> <laughs> like people can do today. Yeah. Did you grow up in the church? Uh yes, I did.
1: So your your parents were members of the church and yeah, you guys?
0: M- my parents became uh members of the church uh when they were in their early twenties and of course uh Three of us have been born by that. So, within by age five, we were, we were attending the Church of Christ uh, wherever we happened to be. Yes. So,
1: what convicted you at eleven to be baptized?
0: um, Our preacher, his name was Marvin Johnson. Uh, He was pretty well known around our particular area and he was preaching on sin one time and so after service my brother and I he came over and spent some time teaching us and the basic teaching was forgiveness of sins through baptism Uh, but the connecting uh, with the crucifixion of Christ, really left out a lot of things. But at that time, as kids, we felt we were ready. And then as we grew older, uh, it was probably necessary to realize some different things and what we didn't realize. So uh, as people you- might call to baptism, but... At that age, to me, it was getting wet. Even though I remained true to the calling of growing up in the church and followed that I'd been baptized, but uh, once I got around men who were really educated in the scriptures, uh, I had I had some vacancies in my life that needed to be taken care of. Who are some of your early mentors that
1: caused you to want to go into ministry? Um,
0: to be honest with you, it was when my dad started getting sick. And he was doing weird things. He attempted uh, suicide uh, three times. And... Uh, Of course, being in my late 30s, early 40s, um, I was questioning him about this, and he was doubting a lot of things in his life. Uh, He died in a saved state uh, because it was a brain tumor he had, and it was altering his thinking, making him do different things. But anyway, it was... It was his being concerned about his salvation uh, that really got me to thinking about. It. So I think that's the thing. I think that's the thing that, that got me interested in part time before any formal training. And then, believe it or not, uh, a month after he died um less than a month, I was packed up and on my way to Bear Valley. Well, so that, we- that was the single thing, the concern of how my dad was acting and what his relationship with God was that um, kind of made things more serious to me. Yeah. And we're going to get to Bear Valley, but I feel like we made a big jump
1: from... Eleven years old, childhood farmer to in your forties, like there's a lot of time there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what what did you do after high school?
0: After high school, I had a low draft number for the Vietnam uh, War era, and I decided to enlist since I had a low draft number and uh, because I wanted to do what I like doing instead of being drafted into. Uh, maybe put in a job that I didn't want, which is what wound up happening anyway. But um, (laughs) I was anxious to serve my country, and so I entered the Air Force for for four years to be a jet engine mechanic, but I wound up working in munitions, maintenance, uh, and explosives, so. Yep. I was drafted into it so I did not achieve my goals <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the, from there where did you go
0: uh after my discharge yep you mean well uh I was discharged in 1973 then in 1975 uh we were Saigon was being overrun and we were Activated on a Wednesday night, Saigon was, over, I think it was Wednesday, Saigon was overrun. They canceled our, they canceled our reactivation Thursday morning, I think it was. And so from there, I decided to go ahead and enter college. And uh, I spent the next few years working in engineering uh, as a mechanical draftsman, but I also worked on my bachelor's degree at Upper Iowa University and my master's degree at the University of Oklahoma, and I didn't finish at Oklahoma, but then I took uh, design engineering, uh, mechanical design engineering, and went into engineering in about my Early to mid-20s. Okay. And so did you go back to Iowa after you finished Yes, I did. Okay. And is that
1: where you spent most of your time before Bear Valley?
0: Um, I spent several years up in Wisconsin because of job opportunities. Uh, This was in about the uh, early 80s, but the rest of my time, Uh, before I went to Bear Valley was spent back in Iowa. Where did you meet your wife? Uh, I met my wife at church. Uh, We got married while I was in service. Uh, Another person entered into the thing, and so uh, into the marital situation and... uh, Tried to work it through, but um, uh, I was left for another man. And uh, so I spent about between 10 and 15 years alone and then got remarried and met my wife at Bear Valley. Okay. So
1: now you had your your pivotal moment, your watershed moment with your father and his brain tumor. It caused you to start you know, getting into the part-time ministry. Yeah, What'd you
0: do in that first part-time ministry? I preached at um, churches and taught classes in the Iowa area and uh, somewhat a little bit in the Arkansas area whenever I went down to see my boys who were attending Harding University and And um, I kind of enjoyed it, and that's what kind of got me started with teaching teenage classes. And then eventually scared me out of my boots. At about 41, I was asked to preach a sermon, and (laughs) I made it through it. And from there, it did nothing but grow. So now we'll go to Bear Valley. Okay. So
1: what... What was it like to to pack up and just go to Bear Valley?
0: That was, to be honest with you, the most uh, important and exhilarating time of my life. I did nothing but spend two years of intensive study with, Preaching on Sundays at congregations that needed help, uh, of the Bible, and and, uh, there's just nothing I can compare to it. How did you meet your wife at Bear Valley? Uh, is there a story there? At graduation in 1999, um, she was sitting, my mom was sitting beside me because I was graduating, and she was sitting with on the other side of my mom with one of the elders at Bear Valley. Never talked to her, never seen her. I had my mind on other things. And then uh, about two years after I graduated, or one year, because I'd taken my first minister job in Fort Scott, Kansas, and uh, I had met Carla just before I left for Fort Scott. We kind of kept in contact through calls. Uh, Then we had, while we were Bear Valley, we had always talked about planting a congregation in western, or east side of Denver out by the new DIA and I was at Bear Valley one Wednesday night and I saw her again for the second time in my life and uh she tricked me into asking her out and (laughs) the rest is history. I highly doubt she puts it that way. (laughs) So I met her we got to know each other we started spending time together we dated for a year Uh, then we pulled up to where I was living uh, 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 and we watched a little bit of TV and then was getting ready to take her home and and, um, I went click and she said, what was that? And I said, seems like the door's automatically locked (laughs) and we're locked in and can't get out. (laughs) And then she said, Really? And I said, yeah. I said, I might as well ask you a question while we're here. And what it was was my joking way of proposing to her. She said yes. Yep. And then she got even with me the next day. <laughs> How was that? I was teaching a class at Bear Valley Bible Institute because I went to work for Bear Valley uh, uh in the uh, early 2000s, from about 2000 to 2004. uh, And um, she had the whole staff at Bear Valley walk in when I was teaching one of the classes. I thought, this is not good. (laughs) That's not intimidating at all, yeah. No, not at all. I thought maybe I wasn't cutting it as a teacher. Uh, But anyway, uh, one of the members spoke up and said, uh, your wife called and said yes. And I said, what are you talking about? And she said, she asked us if we would all come in and say, she said yes in front of everybody, and so immediately things went downhill from there. <laughs> we wound up getting married. Does <laughs> mean up, right? Yeah. Not down. <laughs> Trying to keep
2: that's my trouble. way of joking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's going to listen to this, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> we tease each other all the time. Yep. Our marriage is built upon Christ and the lighter side of life.
1: Yeah, that's great. So, so you, you
0: were teaching at Bear Valley? Yeah. Yeah. She walked. She had the whole staff walk in and tell me she said yes. Yeah, that's right. So immediately I became a celebrity at Bear <laughs> Valley for a while. Yeah. <laughs> so where did you go from Bear Valley? Um, I first went to Fort Scott when I graduated, came back and went to Bear Valley. And then after that... Uh, or uh, I went to where we had decided to plant a congregation out near Denver International Airport at Green Valley Ranch, and we worked at planting that congregation for three and a half years, and we were meeting in a motel room, And we started out with four people, and within three and a half years, we had something like 22 baptisms, and we had grown to nearly 50 people. Because, I mean, we got out, we knocked doors every day, including Sunday afternoons. Back then, I was more energetic, more, more, I was very dedicated and committed to my work. And then what caused that to end was, Um, there was one of the member families that found a church that had children's programs because we weren't far enough along yet to start children's classes. So we, we had adult classes with the children in there, but trying to put children things in there with adult things, but primarily teaching the Bible teaching about uh, things about Jesus from his childhood to his adulthood and stuff like that. But we grew and we had we had more baptisms and we had people, uh, other Christians, transfer to see us. But nonetheless, we still wound up with about 50 people. And then when this family found a nearby large congregation of 200 and some odd people with children's programs. They gave us a couple of weeks' notice, and they went there. And then within the next month, all the families with children started going there. We were back down to about 10 people, and Bear Valley was supporting me in the work and asked me, what do you think should be done? I said, well, the energy's not there to rebuild it. So I guess we'll go looking. Bear Valley offered me a job as the evangelist there for the next few years, and I took it. So that's how I wound up. Yeah, so you went to Bear Valley,
1: left, came back to Bear Valley, left, came back to Bear Valley. So Bear Valley was kind of like your your nucleus. No,
0: uh, I went to Bear Valley for school. Yep. Then you went to Kansas. Kansas. Then came back to airport area, Church of Christ. Okay, I thought you came back to Bear Valley for teaching. Were no, teaching Bear body? Valley. Well, I was, I was working with airport, but they have men that teach, preach at other congregations. So I would go over on the days I was teaching uh, for a while. And uh, uh, then eventually after airport area, uh membership dropped down then i went to bear valley and worked there for three and a half years as the evangelist oh, okay as well as teach an occasional class so for the school yeah yeah so that's how that happened
1: yeah after those three and a half years
0: where did you go from there went to miami arizona
1: okay miami arizona yeah. That threw me off. I thought you were going to say Florida for a little bit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Where? I thought you were going to say you went to Florida. My wife is from Miami, Florida. Okay. But we went to Miami, Arizona. And um, the uh, because it was just time for a change and wanted some warmer weather. And uh, we went to Arizona. And the evangelism just took off like nobody's business and that church was grown. And then about six months after there, I was fired. And uh, then we came to Colorado Springs and been here ever since. That was in 2007. So what caused the uh, evangelism to be on fire? We went out and looked for people. We knocked doors every day. Every place I've been, we knocked doors every day. Went out looking, setting up Bible studies. What caused you to be fired? Um, At Miami, Arizona. When I went there, they asked me to fill out a questionnaire on my uh, beliefs. And I did. Backed it all up with the Bible, and told him that uh, believed the only way you could remarry was through um, a cheating spouse or death. And uh, I was biblically remarried at that time, but then. What happened was uh, they said we agree with you right down the line. And uh, so we met this couple, set up a study with them. They called me one night and said, we've come to the conclusion that we're in an adulterous marriage. Is that correct? And I said, well, what do you think? Do you both think you are? And they said yes, because that's what I taught them. And so I called one of the men to say we're going to have to treat this couple with real uh, compassion, love, patience, because they have discovered that they are in in an adulterous marriage. And Then the guy I talked to said, you told them what they had to separate? Well, anyway, to make a long story short, found out that even though they said uh, they were on the same page, they were not. They told me then that over 50% of the congregation was in what I would call adulterous marriages. And so they gathered around... One Sunday, and I was walking on water. The next Sunday, they all turned their heads, walked out without shaking hands, and then the men got together that Sunday night and told me uh, I was fired and told me about all the adulterous marriages. And I said, well, why did you hire me to begin with if you said we were on the same page? They said, well, we never thought you would enforce it. You were too nice a guy. Mm. and um, so we rented a truck, and we were on our way to Colorado Springs that week.
1: What brought you back to the Springs?
0: My sister and my mom. uh, My sister lived here, and my mom was moving out here to be with my sister. Dad had been dead several years. We got out here and enjoyed it. Liked it and stayed. Where did you uh, start worshiping when you came back to the Springs? Uh, with the uh, Calhan or with the uh, Falcon Church Christ? That was meeting in one of my classmates' homes, and we did that for a couple of years. Uh, then Canyon City called me one day and wanted me to go preach there so I went there for three years and preached there and then one day while I was off we walked in here just to worship with them everybody gathered around and said we would like to have you come work with us and um, we accepted yeah the rest is history right now 12 years here do what now? You've been here for twelve years. Uh, in Colorado Springs, we've been here for. We've uh, been in 15, fifteen years. Fifteen years. We're on our sixteenth year. Yeah, because we spent a couple of years working with the Falcon Church of Christ. Yeah, but I've been here nearly twelve years. So there was about a three-year, four-year period in there. Uh, where I had real good opportunity to preach at Canyon City, and I I took that opportunity. But this came up only 20 miles from home and been here since. Nice. How's the work here been? The work here has been fabulous. Uh, before I got sick, uh, when I came here, they were... Single, high single digits, low, um, double digits in the teens. Uh, we went out and we knocked every door in Callahan and all around, and and uh, congregation built up, and we were approaching fifty people, and uh, the work was just great. And then after I got sick, I had to stepped down, and Adam stepped up, and uh, he'd finished Bear Valley by then, and uh, during the time that Adam was here, uh, you know how military areas uh, change families, transfers in and out and stuff. Uh, We had several families uh, move out and stuff, and tenants kind of dropped down a little bit, and so, uh, and then a couple of years, we were still members here, but I was, started preaching part-time for area congregations again, uh, because Adam was a preacher here, but anyway, he got an offer in Gunnison, and wanted to go take it, and step out on his own, and I came back to work here, and not with the same Energy I had before because I was now experiencing uh, a sickness from service-connected uh, things, and uh, so uh, I hired on back here part time for the past four years, and we've had a few baptisms, few people move in. We're work, kind of working towards building up a little bit, but the kids had all grown up and married and left and and stuff like that. So that contributed to the decline. So we're in kind of a rebuilding stage here, but the members are taking an active part and uh, Charlie's going to be teaching Hebrews. And uh, so I think we're entering that period where we'll probably see some growth. So Callahan's got traffic moving through here all the time, so you can tell the population is picking up. Going back to your your mission work, as far as going to the small
1: congregations here stateside, the different areas you went to help, can you tell us about that?
0: Yeah, we went, Danny and I, uh, and Danny on his own and me on my own too, and then we we went together. But our purpose of going to other congregations was we taught evangelism to the congregations that we went to. Uh, we preached for them. And we taught them how to knock doors and set up Bible studies. And so when we'd get a call to see if we could come, we went and... Uh, we worked with them.
2: What's your advice for uh, uh, knocking on doors? what's your What's your opening line?
0: <laughs> well, uh, my opening line was, uh, "It was a couple of things: hello, or uh, good morning, or good afternoon." My name's Tom Wright. This is so and so. We're from the uh, Church of Christ, and we are out in the neighborhood setting up. Bible studies with people to teach the gospel of Christ, compare notes on the Bible, uh, sit down, study out any differences on our notes, and let the Bible be the deciding factor, and uh, if uh, a person is a Christian, the Bible study reaffirms that for the Person and if not, then the Bible study can bring one to Christ. That's just about word for word. Mm, nice. Well, said had
2: lots of success with the door knocking there yes, in multiple very much, areas.
0: Very much, very much. That's why I've been called an evangelist throughout my ministry because uh, evangelism was was uh, one of the areas that I really uh, yep.
2: and it's just the basic gospel message uh and people are out there they yeah. want to there there are truth seekers everywhere and you got to yeah. be willing to go out there and what you're saying sounds like to me is be willing to do the work get in the community and do the work
0: yeah we put aside the small talk and we got right to the <laughs> we got right to the purpose of knocking on the door, and we had a lot of people that were baptized. A lot remained faithful, and a lot came to her three times and fell away. Yep. But, and that's happens everywhere.
2: Yep. And, you know, if you have any experiences of uh, do people slamming the door in their face, really angry type of individuals, or was it very positive? I mean, I've I've done some door knocking before where you get some really – angry people that you're even you're even there but then you get the really uh pleasant people as well or people that want to have that conversation with you what how do you find that motivation to just you know well, what this
0: is this is what we're doing and how how do we how do you keep doing well, it well we had several we've had good and bad reactions to knocking doors um uh and we knocked on doors not necessarily here in Calhan but When I was at Bear Valley, we went along Colfax and along, I forget the name of the other street. We were in a place where there was high crime. Then down in Houston, we went on a campaign and knocked where there was high crime and stuff. and We came away with rejections and away with acceptance and... We had success and failure. Uh, the success came from God, obviously. The failure came from the people. But we were we were doing the work God had given us to do. But I remember probably the funniest thing of all out of the experience from the people, knocked, went up to this door and knocked on a door. And the guy got real angry, and slammed the door in our face. And so I turned around to the guy I was with. I said, let's have some fun with this guy. <laughs> so I went around to his back door and knocked on the door. Because <laughs> he had two doors that were open to both. He lived on a corner. And both doors were had buzzers for entries to the house. So I went around and buzzed, and the same guy came to the door, and and I said, uh, good afternoon, sir, or, or good morning. We both just started laughing. <laughs> he invited us in. And, uh, persistence and being able to act in a receptive manner or respectful manner overcame the thing, cause yeah. Shake off the uh,
2: those feelings of I, I need to get them uh, yeah. as opposed to you know what yeah. this is, we're just trying to share the gospel message and that's why we're here. Yeah,
0: the we I just went through the r- spiel again <laughs> and he could do nothing <laughs> but laugh. <laughs> it resulted in a conversion. Nice. So that was the one I remember the most. Yep. He had two doors. Gotta go to both of them. Yeah. <laughs> we went to both of them.
1: Would you time a, did that yeah. Would you have gone to a window if you slammed that one? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, we wouldn't <clears throat> we would have moved on. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, so we're we're coming up to the the end of the podcast here today. Uh usually we have a kind of a mission statement with our podcast out of Second Timothy two two. Where Paul charges the young Timothy, you need to find faithful men who are able to teach others also so we can teach others also so we can keep going with this thing you know we call the ministry. Uh, and we like to ask our guests on the podcast, uh, what advice would you give us, and those we are in a younger generation, uh, what advice would you give us to pass that baton, to keep going, to find that enthusiasm, to, like you said, go to the other door? <laughs> well,
0: I would have to... Tell what I tell people now, younger men, I tell them Paul was an older man who wrote to Timothy. And in Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, he said, For all scriptures inspired of God, uh, profitable for reproof, correction, teaching and training, in righteousness. then he went on to tell Timothy, uh, fulfill your ministry. Do the work of an evangelist. And then Paul went on and he closed. He said, I fought the good fight. I have kept the faith. There's a crown laid up for me. That's the advice, a victor's crown laid up for me, and that's the advice I'd give to someone. To someone else. To
2: have the the end goal in mind, to have the, the mindset that, you know, this world is not my home. We're not doing this for our own self glorification or gratification. It's we're we're serving God in his kingdom and there's a God. reward for that for it,
0: sure. It's kind of just like at a funeral, uh, I did three funerals last summer, three weekends in a row. At the third funeral, one of the family members came up and said, you did a great job at the funeral. God's not done with you yet. And I said, well, he's either not done with me or he's either preparing me for my funeral. (laughs) And so far, it's turned out that God is not done with me yet. That's right. But, uh, my advice would be, no matter what your situation, keep doing what you can to promote God's word. And
1: it seems like your whole ministry has been built off of just knocking on doors and you know being ready to open the Bible and have that scripture so ingrained in you that you can use it at a you know moment's notice. Yeah.
0: It wasn't just knocking on doors it was. Not letting people get out of the church building, visitors come. Would always be there waiting to greet them and meet them and and uh, tell them that part of our job is to try to set up time to come see you. Yep. See if you have any questions about the service. Talk about the Bible.
2: Be prepared in season and out of season. Yeah. Ready to spread spread the news. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: something you said earlier has already stuck with me that you just tried to approach it all with compassion and love.
0: Yeah, well, we did.
1: Thank you so much for joining us today and being on our podcast.
0: Well, thank you. I I enjoyed it. I got to tell you this one other story, if you don't mind. Uh, I don't mind. Okay, we went up to this other door, And the guy said, uh, blankety-blank's sake, it is Easter. Don't you people have anything better to do (laughs) than, than bother us? And so my wife and I started walking away, and he came out that door and started running at us, thinking we were going to run away. And he was wrong, we didn't. (laughs) Uh, I took a stance that I'd been taught uh, in self-defense and uh, I was a practitioner of that. And he saw that it meant business. So all of a sudden he stopped, got a worried look on his face and turned back and walked real quick into his house. And so the other thing I would say to someone is uh, just from that experience in a way it was kind of funny, but don't ever let Satan use any tools at his disposal to discourage you or scare you away from not doing the work the Father's given us to do. amen. that's great advice. so don't let anything keep us from bringing ourselves and others to Christ because the church is in decline the world over. You never know when the end's going to become, and so or the end will come, and God has always said, uh, be ready be in season, now in season." Uh, be ready at all times because night can come at any time in our lives. That's very true.
1: Thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Thank you for allowing me to visit with you. I really enjoyed it.
2: Thank you.